0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones.
1: Building in Faith. Satan sells his lie, and people believe the lie, and it darkens their hearts, and it sends them off into a direction that ruins their lives. God is the creator of everything that there is. His fingerprints are all over his creation. It's been the history of this world, from the garden, that man wants to be his own God.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet. When Adam and Eve dwelled in the garden, Satan sold Eve the lie that she could become like God. Our enemy is selling the same lie today. He has even convinced many people that God doesn't exist and that one can chart his own course without answering to God's authority. Pastor Ed points out in today's message from Daniel chapter 11 that whenever man exalts himself or tries to walk without God, it always leads to great disaster. Conversely, those who obey the Lord and give him honor will be blessed. Now, here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, God Knows.
1: We look at world events and our personal experiences, and we sometimes wonder what in the world is happening. You find yourself in that perfect storm. Or you look at world conditions, and it seems like everything is out of control. Well, I want to remind you that God tells us in chapter 11 that he knows what's going to happen. Nothing is going to take him by surprise. He knows when America may cease to be a nation. He knows everything. And that knowledge should give us a sense of comfort and assurance. There's a song that we sing when we dedicate children. One is Because He Lives. There's another song. It's a short song. It says, I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in his hands. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls. He hears when I call. I have a father. He calls me his own. He'll never leave me, no matter where I go. Those three Hebrew boys knew that God knew, and that was enough. And what Daniel is hearing from God, is that God knows all about the big picture. That God knows all about how history is going to unfold. It's not a random toss of events. No, it's something that God's hand is on, even though we may not understand it, comprehend it and even wonder what in the world is happening God details the prophetic overview of history and again verses 2 to 4 three more Persian kings will reign to be successful and then be succeeded by a fourth but at the height and this is Alexander the Great he's cut off at the height of his power but at the height of his power, his kingdom will be broken apart. And this is exactly what happened. It was divided into four sections. Four of his generals, none of his posterity would rule. It will not be ruled by the king's descendants. And its authority will dissipate. The psalmist said, The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He throughts. The purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart throughout, through all generations. God is literally in control. He is the one who lifts up and takes down. He is the one who allows people to rule and reign And then takes them from the scene. Daniel realized that as he saw the unfolding of history. And God wants us to know that. If God says to Putin, you're gone, he's gone. If God says to any of the leaders of Iraq or Iran or Syria or wherever, his word stands. They can't fight God. It's an impossibility. Daniel was praying, and in Daniel's prayer, he prayed in chapter 5, the Most High God rules over the kingdoms of the world and appoints anyone he desires to rule over them. I don't want to read to you again, but the context. Daniel's praising God. Praise the name of God forever and ever. For he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to scholars. And in chapter 11, verses 2 all the way to verse 20, there is this detail of history of a succession of kings that would come after the time of Daniel. And God tells us that this king is going, his reign is going to end and this other king is going to come on the scene. There was this constant sort of rhythm. They arise, they become powerful and then they disappear. They arise, they become powerful and then God breaks them or takes them. That is the pattern. One of the things I pray for is this, God, teach us as we observe all the unfolding events? What are you telling us about ourselves as a nation? What are you showing us by what's happening in our country? Now, my second point is that God explains the plot line of history. God explains. There's a plot line to this drama. But I want to go back to Psalm 2 for a context. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. That's what's happening in America. That's what's happening around the world. And that's what's happened throughout history. So let's come up with a crazy idea that God doesn't exist. And we'll ride the teaching, the thinking of evolution, that we're all just accidents. stupid. It really is. And I I don't want to demean people or or things, and that's not my purpose in saying it, but see, Satan sells his lie, and people believe the lie, and it darkens their hearts, and it sends them off into a direction that ruins their lives. God is the creator of everything that there is. His fingerprints are all over his creation. It's been the history of this world from the garden that man wants to be his own God. And when he tries to be his own God, he sets in motion all sorts of turmoil and trouble and heartache. And that's what we see again and again throughout history. People fighting against God. There's only one person that could rule this world. Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. See, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the only one Qualified. He is that Lamb of God. Watch and see how kingdoms rule and reign. This is part of the drama. When the end of history comes and the completion of history has run its course, no one will be able to stand up and say, We could rule ourselves. Look at what the text says, and this is a picture of Antiochus, Antiochus the uh, Epiphany, the fourth. The next to come in verses 21 to 35 in this chapter, picture this very cruel man who reigned somewhere around 175 to 164, way past time of Daniel he wrote in the 6th century and here's this man who is going to fight the Jews he's going to oppose the people of God and they have the Maccabean revolts uh, you read about it in the book of Maccabees uh, an apocryphal book but some accurate history in it but in Daniel 11 21 23 and 24 the next to come to power will be a despicable man who is not in line for royal succession. And he wasn't. He will slip in when least expected to take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue with deceitful promises. Doesn't that sound like politics in general? (laughs) He will make various alliances. He will become strong despite having only a handful of followers. Without warning, he will enter the richest areas of the land. Then he will distribute among his followers the plunder and the wealth of the rich. Something his predecessors had never done. It's sort of like a, a Robin Hood. Robbing from the rich, giving to the poor. Uh, that's what this ruler was going to do. Antigonus Epiphanes. He was going to follow this prophecy that predicted exactly how he would reign hundreds of years before he ever took a breath. He reigned, as I said, from 175, Antiochus Epiphanes, 175 to 164. And what he did is he wanted the Jews to embrace the Greek culture. He outlawed the use of the Bible. He actually, because he was incensed by the Jews, actually went into the temple and he put up a statue of Zeus. And then, to make it even worse, he took a pig and sacrificed that pig on that altar. He was desecrating the altar. He was fighting the Jewish people. And in the war, there was about 80,000 Jews and that, they say, killed Men, women, and children. He, he just massacred people. He put on coins during his reign. Theos. Picture and Theos. Theos is a word for God. Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes. Epiphanes means that he was manifest. The idea that he was God manifest. What he was doing was declaring that he was God in the flesh. Now again, what you see is a foretaste, a foreshadow of the Antichrist that will come at the end of the ages. And you can see the spirit of Antichrist. You could see the spirit of Antichrist all through history in diabolical leaders. And you see it especially in him. The methods that they used to gain power and keep power were absolutely cruel. Watch his motives and watch the motives of others. In verses 11 to 12, it's talking about another king. Then in rage, the king of the south will rally against the vast forces assembled by the king of the north and will defeat them. After the enemy army is swept away... The king of the south will be filled with pride and will execute many thousands of his enemies. But his success will be short-lived. What motivates him? Pride. What motivates him? Anger. What motivates him? Revenge. You see the seed in the heart. And that seed grows into acts of atrocity. And it's like this domino effect. The First World War. The Archduke, Franz Ferdinand, was assassinated. And that was sort of a, a trigger. There was tensions, there were all sorts of other problems, but that was sort of the trigger that many say set off World War I. Over a hundred thousand Military people killed in that war, all because of what what goes on in the heart of a man. What goes on in the heart of an individual? It's absolutely amazing. We look at what happens around our world. It's telling us: be very, very careful. Don't put your trust in men. Put your trust in God. Don't put your trust in political parties. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us this overview of history, and we see man's inhumanity to man. We see this domino effect. God sort of short circuits things, He puts boundaries on things, and we look and say, Why and what and what in the world is happening? God is working out a plan that this side of eternity, we this side, we can't really understand. We won't understand until we get to the other side. But we're told that God knows all about it. Listen to this picture of Antichrist. Here's a picture of Antichrist. But then the news from the east and the north, it's in verses 44 to 45 in chapter 11 and then chapter 12. Verse 1, the north will alarm him. He will set out in great anger to destroy and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountain, that, of course, is uh, Israel, Jerusalem, and the sea, and that's a picture of Armageddon, Megiddo, the valley of Megiddo, and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out. No one will help him. At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, Israel, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since the nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. The 20th century was the bloodiest century ever, from 1900 to 1989, there were 86 million people who died in wars. That's 2,500 every single day. You think about all of the bloodshed, it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse when Antichrist comes, it's going to be worse at the end of the ages. And God is telling us ahead of time. But notice the text that I read from chapter 12, verse 1. It states that God is going to rescue every one of his children. But if you read in those verses following it, it talks about a resurrection. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, We will not bow our knee. We will not bow our knee whether God rescues us or not. There are times that it seems like God is silent. In fact, in some of the verses that I read, it stated that very little help was given. Very a little help was given when it talked about the Antichrist. And we're going to go on to that because what you see is God understands and he reveals to us the plot line. It's a plot line showing us showing the world that we cannot rule ourselves and that there's this war between good and evil and when men try and become their own gods it only creates disaster. God is saying I know everything about tomorrow everything about the future I also want you to know this that There's a plot line, there's a drama playing out. Who will we serve? Who will we follow? We get caught in the crossfire. We suffer. Christians suffer. Because of all that's going on in our world. God unfolds the ramifications of history. Look at verse 36. We'll put it on the screen. The king will do as he pleases. And this is speaking especially about, we think, Antichrist. The king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god, even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed. God's allowing this to happen. But only until the time of wrath is completed. God has a timeline. He has set boundaries for what has been Determined will surely take place. So we're watching history unfold. God knows. He knew. He foretold these things before they ever came. What is God doing? In part, in part, God is sifting. It's a sifting process. 33 and 34 refer especially to this picture of the past, but also this picture of the future. Wise leaders will give instruction to many, but these teachers will die by fire and a sword, or they will be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arrive. Now that's referring to the Maccabean revolt, it's referring to that specific time, but it's a picture of the past and the present and the future as well. There are not too many testimonies of men being thrown into lions' dens and being rescued. There are some. There are not a whole lot of testimonies about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the fiery furnace and a fourth man just walking with them and they're not even harmed. There are far more martyrs who died by the sword died by the fire, died by persecution, then were miraculously delivered. If you look at history, I mean, just think about the book of Hebrews. It tells us in the book of Hebrews, some were delivered, but many weren't delivered. What is God doing? He recognizes and sees that this world is not just all there is. Really, eternity is ahead of us which is forever and forever and forever. And we have to set our sights on living for eternity. There are many who will obtain a martyr's crown, a richer resurrection. Many saw it that way. The early Christians saw it in that way. And what God does is he is sifting. How sincere are you? How truthful are you? Why are you following?
0: The book of Daniel has some of the most loved stories in the whole of the Bible. We all remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a wonderful story of God's deliverance. Each day here on Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us, and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restores it